I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today we are discussing mentorships, mentees, mentors, uh, all of the above. So here with me is training and development manager, Marissa Gift. Marissa, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Lutz? Yeah, so my name is Marissa. I've been in training and development here at Lutz for about 12 years now. So I'm part of our human resources team. Cool. Uh, Yeah, and as part of my job is really to help shape the strategy of our training and development efforts here at the firm. Um, I also am involved with our feedback processes, um, orientation, and mentoring, which is probably why you get me here today. So how long has Lutz had a mentor program? As long as I've been here. So I would say upward of 12 years then, yeah. Right, and that's kind of a kind of a tough question to ask because hopefully you know you would you would hope mentorship has been around as an idea since inception but uh, as far as a formal program though it's been as long as you've been here for sure yes and I think you bring up a great point already which is that mentors can be both formal and informal yeah so that's one of my main things I think Mm -hmm. is you know we can get into that though yeah I'm sure I'm sure you have plenty to talk about that um yeah I guess you know, from the mentor-mentee perspective, um, or, uh, you know, along that topic, do you want to explain kind of what that is, why it's important, what you think, you know, some of the benefits are? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously a mentor is someone who's going to guide another person, and the mentee then is that person who's getting the guidance or the help. Um, And I think why it's important is really going to depend on the particular people in that relationship, Mm -hmm. but there's all sorts of statistics out there um, research that's been done about what having a mentor can do for you mm-hmm. um, probably more on the professional side of things but we can also get into how it really can help you in both sides of your life um, but one I wanted to find some actual numbers I'm used to working with accountants so I right, did right, actually right. look up my numbers and cite my sources right. uh, so there was a recent survey in 2019 um, from CNBC and they surveyed 8,000 workers um, and they found that nine out of 10 of those people who have a mentor are satisfied with their jobs. Now, that might not seem like a lot, but we can look at other statistics that show how many people really aren't happy with their jobs or right. satisfied. So I think the fact that 90% who have a mentor mm-hmm. um, shows you that that can really kind of contribute to a greater satisfaction at work. Right. There's also studies that show people who have mentors are more likely to get promoted. Um, and there's also studies that show that people who mentor are more likely to move on to bigger, better jobs as well. Do you have any idea if that study or those numbers mm-hmm. came from a perspective of formal or informal mentoring or, you know? Yes. My guess would be it's probably more the formal mentoring. People okay, actually so, have a right. named mentor. Okay. That would be my guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would think that people that claim that they have a mentor mm-hmm. in their organization yet are not referring to a formal mentor process if you know you have someone that you consider a mentor without the formal side of it right. there's probably a lot of things that organizations doing right if mm-hmm. they have people that are acting naturally as mentors sure. or mentees right so i'm sure that you know it's good to know that there are some numbers to support the formal side of it right as well for sure yeah and i think the key too is to remember that you know having a mentor 
or being a mentee isn't just like this magic bullet. Right. Um, it really is something that both sides are going to need to work at right. and sort of have that relationship in place in order for those greater successes to happen. Sure. Yeah. I feel like, you know, if you were in an organization where you struggled to see natural informal mentorships forming, right. it you probably wouldn't hurt to just institute a formal mentorship program and indicate that that's kind of where you want to go. Yeah, to kind of set the tone that that's what your culture is yeah, about. Right. Sort of feedback and learning and mentorship. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and there's all sorts of um, benefits to an organization having a mentor program, obviously. Right. Just what we're talking about, that you're sending that message sure. that we care about engagement yeah. and we're invested in your career. Um, it's great for mentors. It's a, a nice leadership opportunity for them mm-hmm. um, to be able to kind of hone those leadership skills at, on the mentor side. But it's definitely, again, it's a good recruiting tool to be right. able to say, hey, we care about you. We're going to give you a mentor. And as same, I guess, flip the coin, it's a good retention tool because you are right. invested in them. I really appreciate that it kind of breaks down, you know, your silos that you find yourself in when you're at work, right? So. Right. If you're a staff-level employee, you typically find yourself communicating with staff-level employees, learning from staff-level employees. Um, when you have a mentor that has been around, you know, been in the organization, you know, two, three, four, five times longer than you have, mm-hmm. you, you find yourself being able to comfortably communicate with you know people that have a completely different perspective on not only the organization but life as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's that's one thing I've felt extremely comfortable with personally. You know. I feel like you can walk upstairs and walk into anybody's office mm-hmm. and, and really talk to them. Yes. Regardless if they started at Lutz when Lutz was started. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yes, and I think that's a good point. I mean, I do think that Lutz has kind of that feedback mentoring culture. Yeah. So even though we have our formal program, right. we always talk about how you're going to have a lot of informal mentors around here too, and they can Absolutely. be just as important. Absolutely, yeah, because I mean, there's so much knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, one of the at least I've seen a consistent concern is how do we pass knowledge on from these individuals to these individuals, you know, generationally or, Mm -hmm. you know, job function to job function. And, and I feel like half the time, maybe more, I don't, you know, know what the breakdown would be, but that happens informally, just talking. Right. Kind of gauging. Right. Yeah. And you bring up, that's another benefit of a a mentoring would be that sort of succession. Yeah. Everyone's worried about a succession plan. Absolutely. What better way to kind of pass down the knowledge than to, have those relationships in place. You bet, you bet. Well, I guess uh, getting back on the mentor-mentee route, we yeah. can probably talk a little bit more f- about the formal perspective. Mm-hmm. What What do you think You know, are topics that people should talk about in that yes. relationship? Well, I think it really depends on the person mm-hmm. um, and what they're hoping to get out of that relationship. But I'm a firm believer that in this day and age, we bring our whole selves to work mm-hmm. um, because of technology and the way the world is. You can't really draw a line between your work and what you do outside of work. And so I think a mentor, at least for me, would be someone who's willing to talk to me about that whole life perspective. Um, But it's going to depend on the person. So maybe it's um, wanting to talk about a particular challenge you're having at work right now that you think your mentor can lend some insight to. Maybe it's going to be someone who's newer in their career, wants to figure out, okay, where am I going next? So it's almost like a career path discussion or maybe and this is going to depend on what type of mentor you have right do you have someone in your organization then they might be able to kind of give you some perspective on what you need to do at that particular organization to move up or help you see the bigger picture of that organization is always helpful 
if you have a mentor who's outside your organization, maybe they're helping you learn more just about the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, and you're asking questions to gain perspective there. Or sometimes you have really like a particular challenge that you're bringing to the table right. that you're hoping you can get some insight on, whether it's your first time you know, having to supervise someone and you have to have a difficult conversation with them. Perhaps your mentor can give you some ideas of how to handle that. So right. it really kind of depends on what you're bringing to the table. Sure. Um, and hopefully, if you have a good relationship with your mentor, you can kind of ebb and flow as far as what you're discussing. Right. There was a thought that just popped into my head regarding sure. kind of professional, personal conversations and topics. And, you know, I think that if you have a, an environment organization that really fosters those, those informal, natural, organic mentorship relationships, you're going to find yourself talking about more often than not, personal things at work. Right. And especially if you're in an organization that, you know, almost promotes, you know, that, like you said, that kind of the blurring of the lines, mm -hmm. you, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to bring some of your stuff to work. It's hard not to. Right. Um, I feel like I feel quite lucky to be a part of an organization that allows that and just kind of is like, hey, listen, we know that that's a part of life. But then also on the flip side of that, people think, oh, it hit five o'clock. I'm done with work. Sometimes you got to do some stuff outside of your eight to five. Yes. You know, and so... If you're going to allow this to be a place where you're free to have the conversations that you want and, you know, feel like you have a support group, you've got to be willing to also, you know, take care of work stuff when you're in your right. personal time. Right. Yeah. We have a lot of conversations about this exact yeah. thing in our leadership programs at LUTS because I think long gone are the days where we can talk about work-life balance. It just isn't a thing anymore. Right. Um, so you can talk about it as like a blending or a blurring or yeah. an integration. Uh, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, some of the best conversations I've had have been informally with other, you know, working mothers around this office sure. that can just kind of lend insight or working parents um, as to how you make that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, it, and I think it depends on the way, the way that individuals, you know, kind of uh, approach their day-to-day -day work experience. Mm -hmm. Some people show up and want to just work all day. Right. And I get that, and right. people are successful at that, and they do a great job. But me personally, and I know a lot of other people too, you show up and you want to enjoy yourself and have conversations with people and you find yourself in a 10-minute conversation about something that isn't work-related. Right. And I think it's, I don't know why this, you know, this kind of, the realization, you got to understand that there are times when you have to take care of stuff sure. outside of work. Right. And I don't know why I keep going back to that, but mm -hmm. you forget about that side of it. Mm -hmm. You say, well... This is a weekend. What am I doing? You know, I shouldn't be working. Well, yes. you know, but earlier this week, you had two people that were helping out with a serious situation that was a personal related item. Right. You know, right. I mean, then I think that stems from those informal mentor Absolutely. relationships. Have you heard of the scale? Like, if you think about the scales that are balanced, it's never that way, right, with your work and your life anymore. And so, one week the scale is going to tip more sure. towards your work, and right. then another week it might have to tip more towards your life which right. is also your work so your work outside life outside of work yes yeah. right um, that's a good analogy that I think it was actually a mentor that gave me yeah many years ago yeah one thing I, I used to sell freight and one thing that they always in sales it's so important you can't ride your highs too high and your lows too low mm -hmm. you know what I mean and, yeah but you got to be able to spend the time where you need to right. so you know if you need to get away from some personal things yes go right. to work and try and focus on it but if it takes precedent Hopefully you're in a situation where people are flexible to allow you to take care of the things you need to. Right. 
I think yeah. we just created a whole other topic of a podcast. Here. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, and that's hopefully the idea. Well, you know, right. well, this isn't a one and done thing. Well, you know, I'll sit down again mm-hmm. and, and have a conversation. Sounds but, good. Um, yeah, I guess back to the mentor, yeah. the formal mentor process. Is there a, a formal, you know, mentor session approach mm-hmm. when they happen? When you sit down and meet with your mentor, right. is that up to you? I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to depend on your, if you're doing it with your organization, they might have guidelines in place. But I would say overall, that aside, you just want to make sure that you as a mentee are driving the relationship since Mm -hmm. it's you that, you know, maybe sought out this mentor. Uh, And I think making it regular is really important. Sure. Sometimes we can fall into the trap of getting really busy and then we call on our mentor when we suddenly have a problem (laughs) or an emergency which hopefully they can help in that case, but I think the true value from a mentorship is kind of that consistent relationship. So trying to do it maybe once a month or whatever time frame you're comfortable with and your mentor agrees to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're scheduling mentor meetings, it's important to think about what is going to be convenient for your mentor. So right. whether that's a certain time of day or a place that's convenient for them. Um, and then I think, again, I think the mentee should drive the relationship. So the mentee should be thinking about their agenda, so to speak. That doesn't sure. mean you have to have a formal agenda, uh, but having maybe a couple of topics in mind that you know you want to discuss during that conversation and maybe get some insights on, I think is helpful as well. Right. And I know at LUTs, part of our formal process is letting our mentees give those mentors a heads up on, you know, what's the number one thing I want to discuss in this meeting. Sure. And that's nice for a mentor. At Let's, I'm both a mentee and a mentor. Sure. And I know as a mentor, it's nice to have a little bit of a heads up on what they want to discuss. That way, maybe I can think of examples in my own life that I can share with them, or maybe I know I've read a great article on that topic and I could bring that with me to the meeting. I think it's also important to be okay with not having topics to discuss. Yes. You know, it's sorry if I cut, if, if no. I yeah, go right out there, but I think... I, there's an article that I pulled up. We can post the link to the article or whatever. I thought it was pretty cool. There's questions asked to business leaders around mm-hmm. the country. It might be around the world. But like this this first paragraph is the vice president of product for Lyft. Okay. For driver cool. experience, yeah. right? And, and one of his tips was save the troubleshooting for later. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that was get to know each other first. Sure. Don't immediately dive into these topics of, oh, you're struggling with organization at work. How can we right. do this? Because I think that kind of breaks the, you know, the, when I have a problem or when I'm doing well, I want my first, well, other, you know, my superiors or the people I worked with directly, but I also want to think of my mentor and be like, right. Hey man, I want to tell you what happened this week. Here's what's going on. Yes. I think you only have that, that initial reaction to those things. If you do have that relationship. For sure. Yeah. Right? You're right. I think I'm probably taking for granted that we already have the relationship. Cause I think sure. about it lots. I usually Absolutely. know my mentor, but you're exactly right. If you don't have um, kind of that trust in place. Sure. The rest is going to be hard. Yeah. To initiate. Right. Yeah. I think that those relationships then allows you to be candid and yeah. actually talk mm-hmm. about what you want to talk about. Right. And you reminded me of another thing, which is this last time I was getting ready for my mentor meeting with my mentor at Lutz. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. Right. So when I had to give them a heads up, I said, I want to know what you think is the biggest training challenge that Lutz is facing right now. Mm-hmm. So I kind of turned it on its head, and that was probably one of the best mentoring conversations I've had in a while. 
um, just because it gave us the opportunity to have a really good conversation right. um, about something that's obviously really important to my Lutz life. Yeah. Um, and then I walked away, I think, with something higher up on my radar screen than it would have been otherwise that I know I can work on now to um, make a greater impact around here. Sure. So that's really good, too. Sometimes it's just to ask a question well, like you said. And I think to that point, too, you know, and I do have, I, I did want to ask you, you know, your perspective on what mentors can do better, what mentees can do better. But right. I think that I personally really enjoy, you know, if I go to lunch with my mentor mm-hmm. and it's a formal situation or even an informal situation with someone that I'm directly related, you know, working with day to day, I like to ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yes. as a mentee, we take, 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 right. you know, and you kind of forget to say, wait a minute. I mean, just because I'm in my 20s and you're in your 40s or whatever, doesn't mean I can't ask you how you're doing. Absolutely. You know, I mean, if, no, if I'm going to take a lot of value from you, the least I could do is be a sounding board. For sure. I might not yes. have any perspective. No, you're right. But... It's a two-way street, too. And I think that's something as mentees we can always keep in mind is, is there something I could do to help my mentor, mm-hmm. too? So maybe if you're having those conversations, you might pick up on topics that they're interested in. So maybe, again, maybe you're going to see an article that you could forward to them. Right. Or maybe you're going to meet somebody out in the community that you think, wow, this would be a great connection for my mentor to know. And mm-hmm. So you can somehow connect those people. So you're absolutely right. You always want to be thinking, how can I how can I help? Right. Too? Yeah, no, that's a, I'm glad you mentioned if you come across a cool article or something mm-hmm. because it, your, your mentor typically, you'll find our leaders in their group or right. in, in, you know, the... the areas that they're involved in and they're always looking for insights and more information and sometimes motivational articles and things like that so yeah right. I think that's a great point to keep in mind you come across something you read it and you're like man that's a lot of great information I'm glad I have it now right or Wait, a great podcast. I can share it to someone you know it's like I, I have it now right. but how would I share it absolutely you know? it's that knowledge sharing and we send it to about. your mentor and you can go mm-hmm. up and down with that there you go um cool well I guess yeah, let's get into the mentor mentee thing. What okay. you know, what are some things you've seen mentors do well, mm-hmm. and where do you think mentors can you know, maybe improve? Sure, I think because there's that trust issue. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most important pieces for a mentor is just the listening piece, mm-hmm. which seems very simple and very common sense, but because of our human nature, it's really a lot tougher than you would think. I have read a book by, his name is Michael Bungay Sr. We'll have to put that on the description with a link. Yeah, For sure, because I have no idea. I'm just going to go with Michael. (laughs) Well, he wrote a book called The Coaching Habit. That's easier to remember the title. And that book is all about how to be a good coach. But I think it really applies to mentoring as well. And my favorite thing that he says that I think is so memorable is as a coach, or I'm going to say as a mentor, you need to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Which goes against everything we think about. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. Yeah. What I meant to say is, okay, elaborate. Like, I have wow, no idea Jack, what you mean by that. So, yeah. I can so get on board with that. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry. I was like, mm-hmm. No, be lazy means that we are so accustomed to trying to give answers and give advice. And I think sometimes as mentors, we think that's what people want from us, but that's not what's in their best interest. So, Michael Bungay Senior talks about how we need to avoid the advice monster, mm-hmm. is what he calls it, like the, this need to like give advice right away. Um, instead, be lazy and let the mentee or the coachee continue to talk and kind of talk through the issue. Mm-hmm. 
maybe ask another question to make them keep thinking. Sure. Um, but we all know, I think, human nature, we're much more likely to buy into things if we've sort of helped create it or mm -hmm. have helped come up with the answer ourselves. So I think listening is key. In fact, so you're gonna learn this about me. I'm a big quotations person. So I was at a conference a couple years ago and there was a speaker I really liked. His name was Devin Hughes. And so I signed up for like his e-newsletter. Mm -hmm. And so every day now I get an, a little quote from this guy. Cool. Um, and today's pops up in my inbox and it was, if you pay attention, you'll notice people don't listen. They just wait for their turn to talk. Absolutely. Right? And I thought I that, that was all so the time. <laughs> That's why you're hosting this show. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and I thought not only was it super timely, but it really made me stop and think. It's very true. Normally when we're talking, mm -hmm. I'm probably guilty of it right now. When you're talking, Jack, I'm thinking, okay, what should I answer? Right. What should I tell Jack? And right. so mentors, you have to make a conscious effort to not do that mm -hmm. um, and to try to be fully present and listening. And I think that also goes for mentees to be fully present, yeah. you know, shut off your phones, <clears throat> maybe even leave them back at your desk uh, so that you can be focused on that moment. I think along those lines too, it's okay to not have anything to say. Right. Like you said, be lazy mm -hmm. in the sense that, yes. you know, I think it's important. I, I really, I want my mentor to know personally because I find ourselves in situations where it's like, you know, is there, what do you need? Is there anything you need? It's like, it's okay. I don't really have anything right now. Right. You know, I gained, a, I gained plenty by just being able to talk Absolutely. about the things that I'm thinking about from an organizational perspective or my job perspective or, you know, just right. being able to have that, that comfortable conversation is, I think, half the time the most important part. Yes, and you bring up another good point, which is mentors have to be okay with some silence, mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to make people kind of come up with their own thoughts and answers and think things through. Because again, we have this tendency to not want silence, right. to try to fill it. But if that's what allows people to reflect and, and give things thought. Right. Well, and you can't have, you know, silence becomes very uncomfortable when you don't have a comfortable relationship. True. You yes. know, so it, it goes back to just getting to know each other and get comfortable on a personal level. So right. Then when you are trying to reflect, you're not worried about what the other person's thinking. <laughs> right. The awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, any other mentor advice or things that you think that yes. people could benefit from? Yes. I think, um, as I've mentioned before, it's important for the mentee to drive the relationship. And I think part of that too is, you know, doing a little bit of homework um, so that you can, I guess, give your opinion more than just try to get that advice from your mentor. So let's say um, I have a mentor who is outside of the organization and they're kind of helping me. Maybe I'm newer Do in my you career. have like, I don't have formal. I don't have formal okay. mentors outside of the organization, but I, I have a mentor in life Right. An informal mentor who was sure. my college professor way back at Drake. That's pretty so, cool that you kept yeah, that. Do you still yeah, I do. Wow. So shout out to Bill Lewis. Um, he retired last year. Good but yeah, he's been a mentor through my life because when I was in school, I was one of those students who I am a firm proponent of that doesn't know what they want to do with their life. <laughs> you know, comes in undecided. It's yeah. okay. You're going to make it. Um, proud liberal arts person right here. And Professor Lewis was that person who took the time to just, to listen, right? right? He had this 
orange soft chair in his office and I would sit in there and just talk to him about how I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And he listened and he'd give some advice, but most of all, he just was there. The only thing, present. and I hate to bring this up, but the <laughs> only thing I can think of in my head, and this may be inappropriate, is that scene from Goodwill Hunting. Yes! When he's laying on the couch and Pretty the much. creepy <laughs> psychologist is trying to tap in. Well, Professor Lewis is not creepy. Absolutely, and I'm not saying that. That was, for whatever reason, the no. first thing that popped into my head. No, but it's like kind of that comfortable atmosphere. Yeah. The chair. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> That's pretty but cool. But it was great. And then he went on when I was looking at graduate schools. He was the person who kind of walked me through that process and helped me determine which school would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was at my wedding when I got married. Wow. He sent me a note after I had my first child. So, I mean, I think that's a true mentor. It's someone mm-hmm. who's with you along the way and who you make a point to kind of keep that relationship Sure. Up. And, again, I think it's important to let those people know the yes. impact that they have on you because right. people in that position typically are very, um, you know, they don't ask for praise and they understand what they're doing because they're smart enough to realize that, right. you know, just being there is important. But I think it almost shows them, oh, this person is reflecting on the stuff that we're talking about and the fact that they were able to, you know, have the courage to let me know that I've helped them out right. shows them that you're growing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And having the confidence to... Yes, and I think when you're letting people know that, when you're showing your appreciation to your mentor, which is so important, I think being specific also about how they've been helpful is great because then if if you plan to continue that relationship, which hopefully you do, that gives them a better idea of what is most helpful, you know, what am I doing to guide this person in the best way so that I can continue to do that going forward. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think the appreciation is um, a key. Yeah. Did you have any other mentor perspective, mm-hmm. things that they can do better or work on? Or Yeah. So I think when, um, when I said do your homework, I, I think, you know, bringing options to the table. And we mm-hmm. talk a lot about this a lot. It's not just in a mentoring capacity. But, you know, if you have a problem, don't just bring the problem. Mm-hmm. Bring maybe a possible That's solution. my biggest gripe. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. But when I hear people complain about something that's broken without any idea yeah. how to fix it, I'm like, you don't get to do that. I'm right. sorry, but you don't get to complain about something that's broken without any solutions. Let me get you a second. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. I just had to get that out. It's okay. But you're absolutely right. And so as a mentor, I think it's nice when if someone comes to you, let's say I'm that totally undecided person early on in my career, mm-hmm. and instead of saying to my mentor, what job should I apply for, right. which is super not helpful, <clears throat> you know, maybe come with two or three jobs that you've found that you think look promising. Maybe you've thought through, okay, what are the pros, what are the cons, and you can give that information. So sure. they know that you know you take this seriously, and then they can help you kind of think through what else, maybe what you're missing right. as well. Yeah. That would be another tip, I guess, for the mentee side of things. Yeah. And then I think there's a, a certain sense of accountability we need to remember, too, in a mentor relationship. Yep. Um, because, again, it's not just about talking, right? So you want to have something in place, typically, Uh, So whether it's making sure that you have a plan afterwards and then your mentor can kind of help you hold hold to it. That's definitely one thing that I could stand to work on is, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously as an organization, we want to see formalized follow-up with, you know, uh, indication that there are productive things being discussed and worked on and actively, you know, people benefiting from it. Because a lot of what we've talked about is just 
the benefit of the conversation and the benefit of you know the comfortable relationship and there's not really a whole lot of tangible stuff from that mm-hmm. but in order to you know you go back to goals which we talked about a few podcasts ago things sure. that have to be measurable realistic right. timely smart and goals. smart goals yeah <laughs> your conversation should probably follow a structure as well if you really want to benefit from it mm-hmm. so it's hard to I just think it's yeah you get busy you do get busy. I was and you're gonna like, say I had the conversation. Yes. You know? Well, and that's what, um, as a mentor, too, I am the first to say I have a horrible memory. So I know one of my tips as a mentor is I document that conversation as soon as I can afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I would hate to go into the next one and not remember what we talked about. Sure. Right? I mean, talk about not building trust. Sure. So just some notes to help jog my memory that I can review beforehand the next time to make sure that I'm back back yeah. there and present and so we don't have to go over things again. Yeah. I think uh, along with all those, you know, homework and taking notes and things, yes. bringing something to your next conversation, an article or something or something right. found that was cool or... Yeah, absolutely. That'd be another great talking yeah. point. So right? Again, another thing that I don't do <laughs> that I would <laughs> like to do. <laughs> I'm great with that. Let's put a plan in place for you, yeah. Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I you know, there's I think there's a lot of things that I personally think comfortability and just mm-hmm. being yourself in those situations is paramount. Right. right. Yes. Um, so uh, there's a topic here for how do I find or pick a mentor? Mm-hmm. I mean, are there I feel like certain situations you naturally gravitate towards that right you know are there things that do you think that's positive do you think that you should maybe mm-hmm. avoid that try and find someone you right don't interact with consistently I mean that's a good question I don't know I think it depends on the person and mm-hmm. the situation um, like I think about Professor Lewis who I talked about I mean he just kind of naturally fell into my life right mm-hmm. um, and I don't know where I would be without him so right. though you're gonna have those lucky instances I think when you are um, like looking for a mentor I think it's important to find someone who you're, I guess I'll say, com- compatible with. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about, so that you can build that relationship. Well, hopefully you want to talk to them. Right, exactly. You know, if you're, if you're exactly. dreading going to have that conversation, maybe you should reassess. Agreed. But what I would also encourage you to do is to not necessarily find someone who's exactly like you. Because sometimes that's who we're drawn to comfort-wise. Absolutely. But that might not be the best mentor. And I can give you a really good example of this from my Lutz career. So my mentor for many years was Sean Wiederquist, okay. who is a shareholder here at Lutz. Um, and Sean, we do a lot of strengths, put some strengths here. And come to find out that Sean's number one strength is my number 34. That's which for awesome. What some of you don't know strengths, that's dead last. That is awesome. <laughs> but we still call it a strength. It's yeah. Number 34. <laughs> so that, and that strength that is. is so, we, I don't need to get into that. But no, yes, they're all strengths. You're right. Well, yeah. We're helping get a list of podcasts here. Yes. Um, but that strength is context, which is kind of the need to look back in order to move forward. That was your last and That's his first? exactly. Okay. And so when we would have our mentor meetings, they were always, I would come away with homework. Sean would always give me some type of homework. And I think it's because my brain worked so differently than his. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would force me to kind of think through things I was working on in a totally different way. Sure. Um, and to see Lutz differently because of it. And so I think that's, a really good lesson that you don't necessarily want to pick a mentor that 
brain works just like yours or is wired just like you. Um, Because part of having a mentor is kind of hopefully pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know that's what Sean did for me. Awesome. Well, and it's funny you bring up context. One of the things that I wanted to mention along the lines of, you know, mentor kind of Mm -hmm. feedback or, or get, you know, helping mentors understand. I think context is huge in that relationship building piece. So helping me understand Mm -hmm. your career. Right. You know, so, and sometimes it, you know, I just think more, and obviously you have to be careful sometimes, but I hate the idea that you have to be careful about the information that you share. If Mm -hmm. you're okay with sharing it. Right. I think it should be shared. You know, that context is so huge for some people. I'm similar in, you know, with, with Sean, that context is big for me. Right. I need to understand the picture. And sometimes people think that as a, you don't deserve the context. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking about it? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you did nothing to deserve it. But it's <laughs> it's big for getting that perspective, sure. especially in that mentor-mentee relationship to, you know, see where they've come from, see what they, how they've gotten right. to where they're at. Right. Um, and then the personal stories and, and you know, the I just think, for me personally, that's, that's important. I think a lot of people benefit from... From that as well absolutely even a story that's tough to tell right oh those can sometimes be the most yeah. helpful yeah right, right. Yeah. yeah I would also say just you know so maybe picking someone who's not the same as you sure but also looking to see that they have some expertise in an area that you want to learn more about mm. and when I say expertise that doesn't mean a certain job title or even a certain number of years or tenure it just means that maybe they have some let's say life experience mm-hmm in an area that matters to you. So maybe it's someone who you just feel like is really good at connecting people. Maybe I know we have a lot of people at Let's that are looking to kind of work on their business development efforts. So maybe it's someone who has a knack for being a connector or something like that. Or maybe it's just someone who's, you know, you trust and that you know will be available to bounce ideas off of and you'll trust their their instincts, I guess. But um, overall, so, You trust them, you're compatible with them, and like to talk to them, like mm-hmm. you said, but also someone who might make you step outside your comfort zone you a bet. little. Cool. Well, I think that on the mentor-mentee topic, that mm-hmm. building that relationship naturally, organically, mm-hmm. you know, avoiding the advice right away, right? Um, context, help you know, helping people understand who you are, where you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are really important things to remember. I think it's really, I hope mentors remember from this, it's okay to not have or feel like you gave any advice. Right. I think that's important to remember. Yes. I've got another quote for you. Let's hear it. I okay, love Okay, so this is Steven Spielberg. We all know who he is. Uh-huh. Um, and he said that the delicate balance of mentoring someone is not creating them in your own image, but giving them the opportunity to create themselves. That sounds like Steven Spielberg has a God complex. But, right. <laughs> but, I mean, no, 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 what it sounds like is that you're not being the advice monster. Absolutely. And you're letting them come up with their own own answers and yeah. own ideas and invest in themselves. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for you know talking about this. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? I just think it's if you don't have a mentor, consider it, um, whether mm-hmm. it's formal or informal. And if you're an organization that's considering a mentoring program if you don't have one yet, I would definitely take a hard look at it because I, I do think it's a great tool and it's um, 
done well here at Lutz and our people appreciate it. And if you do have an informal mentor, Mm -hmm. let them know that they've helped mentor you. Yes, Kind of make it a little more formal. Use those words. Say thank you. Say thank you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, Jack. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.